Hey folks, my name is Derek. I have one purpose today. I want to tell people who I am and what I do hope and dream about. I'm a stand-up storyteller. I use spoken word or poetry, rapping, teaching, oration, singing, then writing, producing, and directing to cast hopeful visions of creative, robust solutions to the problems of our existing state. Now let's say that another way. I want to challenge and change long-standing traditions. See, tradition begins and ends with change. Everything must change and stay changed. Change, though, begins with me and the renewing of my mind. Now, it continues through my efforts to disciple, that is, equip others to equip others. I renew my mind through conversations in classrooms, churches, conferences, city council meetings, concert halls, chat rooms, and ciphers. I'm on a journey that will lead me to facilitate a kind of conversation that is inspired by all my renewal experiences. One that puts all these conversation venues on the same menu. Feel me? Let me share my journey's progress over the last year. Now this journey that we're about to embark upon will be guided by photos, each of which will jog my memory through inspiration. They are very meaningful photos that document my work over the last year, which has kind of brought together a lot of ideas and creative energy into this package that I now need to explain, promote, and continue to build. Let's jump right into it. Now there's my primary inspiration. It's my family, my wife, Keisha, my daughter, Hannah. I identify myself as Keisha's husband and Hannah's father. That's, that's who I am all day, every day. I learned this year that my baby can sing. That she can also read. And I'm sure that acquiring the reading skills begat allowing her to sing. It's, it's self-expression. She was taught and encouraged to express herself through music. And she caught on. This was the day that she caught on, which told me something. I love this picture because it shows my shadow. My shadow is taller than her, but notice how our heads are kind of at the same level there. 
And notice that the direction she's heading in, that is, watching over her, but the time will soon come where she'll be out there and daddy won't know exactly where she is or what she's doing, but he'll have to trust her and he'll have to trust what he's taught her. And that's that's powerful image for me. <laughs> Here's another picture I love. This is me reading to Hannah's Mother's Morning Out class. This is a program that she attended at First Presbyterian Church for a couple of years where she was under the care of some wonderful ladies who have spoken into her, taught her a lot. Well, I go and read to the kids. This is part of my job, believe it or not. It's part of my job. I'm reading to them about music, self-expression, and its close relative self-identity. Self-identity is how you see yourself. Self-expression is how you tell other people who you are, who your gifts and your talents. You begin pouring that into kids at a young age by what you read to them because that creates images that allow them to see themselves by looking at other people. There's my logo. It's a redesign of a logo that I've used since 1998. The only redesign here is the change of slogan. Slogan used to be educating and empowering people. Now it's education begins when you finish school. Because I've learned through my own formal education that it is now dwarfed. Everything I learned from birth until last year is always overwhelmed by what I learned in that preceding year. Because I'm now my teacher. When you become the teacher, you learn a lot more stuff. And there's a, another logo that we use that contains themes of mentoring, mediation, problem solving. Those are the focuses of my work. That Those are action shots. Those are action shots of me at work. I get in these creative grooves. So my current groove is to create songs, stand-up storytelling songs set to music that tackle some of the trickier issues that we deal with in society. This song tackles the issue of reconciliation and how it has to do with so much more than race. It has to do with the identifying and releasing and celebrating of gifts as opposed to the suppression and subjection of these gifts for other agendas and other causes. Tricky, but I, I tackle that in a song. Here's another song that tackles the theme of acceptance. See, acceptance is the first benchmark, if you will, in the building of relationships. So this song talks about all kinds of people that make the world go round, a lot of whom get on a lot of other people's nerves. But if we're to walk with each other and move towards anything resembling a beloved community, it's going to require 
greater degree of acceptance. There's another called empathy. Now the premise here is well, relationship begins with acceptance. That's the first benchmark. But then the second benchmark is affirmation. Being able to tell somebody that whatever they are, and it's all right. We all have mountains to climb to reach lofty goals and standards, but we got to start where we are. We got to embrace who we are. And who you are is okay, man. I have empathy for who you are. I like that song. Thought leadership is another tricky subject topic that we need to tackle because we don't all have to think like each other, but we need to be able to follow how each other thinks. Thought leadership. Thought leadership is more important now than ever. That's, that's what this song's about. I'm called quiet by a lot of people. And see, I've always been quiet by nature. I've never been silent. So I tried to write a song to help put that notion forth and then put the other notion to bed. Renaissance. Yeah, I made this one to explain to my wife what her husband is going through. Going through. And how it's not a malaise, a sickness, a problem at all. It is a birthing process where I am becoming all of who I have ever wanted to be and all of who I really am. And it's been a challenge, but it's also been the most exhilarating time of my life. And yeah, this picture reminds me that last year, about August 2016, I wrote a song that expressed my hope for this world. And it set off a creative role that saw me write nine, ten more songs before Christmas. And I packaged those ten songs. I dropped one. I packaged those ten songs as an album called Change where each song in Changed is a letter to my daughter, Hannah, that lays out for her what change looks like and what some of these strongholds and traditions that need to change, what they look like, good, bad, and ugly. I hope I laid it out, though, in a real but hopeful way. Here's the problem. Here's the solution strategy. Rinse and repeat. I'm very proud of that. Here's my other big project of the last year. I packaged all the learning content that I've ever developed, all purposed towards small group discipleship, equipping others to equip others. So I packaged it all as a bundle and made videos that described each of the different types of discipleship activities and 
made it available for sale. That bundle I referred to, it's a digital bundle. It's a guide video along with supporting content that allows that activity to be hosted. Now, I want to deliver this in many different ways. I want some people to look at the package and say, no, we need you to deliver this. I want other people to look at the package and say, well, I appreciate having a video guide, but I need you as my guide to show me how to deliver this. And I want to deliver it myself to equip and qualify people to take these bundles and go forth. See, the idea is they come take the class either by paying for the bundle or being sponsored to pay for their bundle. But then when they get that bundle, they go forth and they disciple others using that bundle. See, the discipleship model is equip others to equip others, rinse, repeat. This is going to help me do that. Yeah, now this picture is part of one of the activities from that bundle called Rhyme in Time, where I lay out what I think is going to be my next big thing in the world of small group discipleship. Rhyme in Time is an activity that is powered by a database that I created of word groups. I've got thousands of word groups two or three words in each group, four or five words in some of the groups, but each of the words in the group rhyme doubly. What does that mean? Well, that means they rhyme phonetically, like so, 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 but they also rhyme thematically, like so, S-O, so, S-E-W, and so, S-O-W. In the interest of time, I won't stop and give this example, but the examples on the video of how those three spellings of soap are linked thematically in ways that allow the creation of beautiful art through expression. Let's keep moving. Bag of Life, another small group, small group discipleship activity where you take questions that illuminate a person's personality and character and as they draw these questions from a bag in the round it allows them to show everybody else who they are and then it allows them to learn who everybody else in the room is everyone who has the bag becomes the facilitator Everyone who doesn't have the bag, well, they become the audience. Everybody gets to talk. Everybody gets to listen. You can't learn while you're talking. You can teach while you're talking. You can't. Yeah, you can learn while you teach. But you can't listen while you're talking. But anyway, you, you get what I'm saying. It allows you to talk. It allows you to listen. And you got to do both to really learn and become effective as a teacher. That's a picture of what the bag looks like. Converse. Man, see when I made this song, I was setting forth a vision of the types of conversations that I want to have. And now I can see more clearly what that conversation should be. So that song gave me a proceeding word and said, go ahead and and figure this thing out. 
but as an activity, as a small group discipleship activity, Converse is based on Bag of Life, where the questions that are used for Converse tackle the meat of an issue. For example, if you're running for a school board, I do a Converse, the questions for which allow you to demonstrate your competency or lack thereof of the wherewithal and knowledge required of a school board member, not to embarrass you, but to end under the cone, under the covenant of silence, let you see who you are and where you are and get your wind up. Yeah. And it affords anybody else that same opportunity. Yeah, I had to promote this on Twitter. My Twitter game is not strong, y'all, and the experimental far out nature of what I'm doing lends itself to a lot of quizzical looks and a lot of what, what is this all about but just the same I have to engage using the tools of the time to try to get my my message out there but I also have to do other creative things like what I'm doing now I just need to sit down and explain what I'm doing and put this in front of people who might watch it Talk to me. Talk to me is a game I developed almost 14 years ago to teach the language of any subject. The earliest versions are all focused on math because the concept of math being a language or having a language and needing to teach the language so that students can do math but also know what math does, that was a foreign concept then. It's just this form of concept now. But what I have learned in my lifetime is just because people don't feel it or understand it, that don't mean it ain't real. That don't mean it ain't real. And the reality is math is still taught as a rote, memorized set of instructions and processes and not this assimilated language of logic. The people who cross that bridge and begin to understand it as an assimilated logic, become masters of math and all that math can do and explain. So anyway, my game teaches the language of math and any subject by in taboo format, allowing you to describe the words on your card to get your teammates to guess the words on your card. So now I've come up with a twist on the game where just as literacy is required to have mastery of language, numeracy is required to have mastery of math. Numeracy is skill with numbers. That's calculation, computation, skill. The example that's shown there is when you see 80, and the operator of x, which indicates multiplication, you're to come up with a number sentence that equals 80. So you say the number sentence, your team should say the number. You say 20 times 4, they should say 80. You say 10 times 8, they should say 80. You say 40 times 2, they should say 80. Straightforward as that is, you'd be surprised at how many of our children and adults lack numeracy skills and have done well in school 
because math is a rote, memorized set of instructions and processes. I digress. Nine Men's Morris. Imagine a game with the simplicity of tic-tac-toe, the speed of checkers, the strategy of chess, all in one game that can be played in a tournament format with games that go just like that, which provide a low-cost mentoring event that can be run multiple times in any given time span. Well, that's what Nine Men's Morris is. And I, I have some follow-up pictures here. I got to do this tournament once, which helped me understand everything I just explained to you. And what you see in that picture is you see a teacher and one of his foremost students engaged in this game. The game is easy to learn, easy to play, which allows intra-generational mentoring and fellowship. There's a teacher and his prize student. There's a high school student on the right who's in the ninth grade. And there's my goddaughter on the left, who I think was in the sixth grade. And you can probably tell from body language that she's telling him he just made a bad move and she's whooping his tail because the game is easy to learn, easy to play, allows intra-generational mentoring. And see in that picture, the young person's mentoring the older person. And it works like that sometimes. Now there's that prize student again, competing against another student. Notice we've had teacher-student, we've had younger student, older student, where the younger student is the mentor. Now we have two students in the same grade. We have peers. And I want to say, I think they're in the 10th grade in that picture. I think they're both in the 10th grade. Now there's a mother and her son. Now there's a father and his son. These are powerful images, man, from 10 years ago. That's the first and only time I've gotten to do this event. But the lessons learned in that one iteration tell me, hey, you can do so much more with that. So that's why it's in the bundle. The Now You Know History Quiz Bowl. This is a Jeopardy-style game, which tells the story of 26 ordinary people who did extraordinary things and the idea is yes you're answering questions and getting points like jeopardy but everybody wins every time a clue is revealed because that clue is a story that helps you get to know that person this was one of the most challenging writing assignments I ever undertook in putting the game together because I wrote all of the clues and I had to write the clues in stand-up storytelling fashion because as you know from Jeopardy you've only got 15 seconds or so to unveil a clue so imagine using those 15 seconds to unveil and unpack a person and saying in a very compelling way why that person is important why you need to know who that person is that was a challenge but it's in the bundle because I met that challenge and I got that thing produced Writing your first business plan. Small group, 
discipleship focused on taking an idea or vision and making it into a concrete mission, breaking it down into concrete steps that can be strategized, executed, evaluated. So many of our ideas stay here. This class, which is in the bundle, gives me or whomever engages and is qualified to lead the discipleship a chance to lead others through getting this thing out of our minds, getting our arms wrapped around it, and moving forward with it. Our podcast. We started a podcast this year because I am inspired to speak on topics that sometimes don't lend themselves to catchy, witty songs. Stand-up storytelling, though, ain't all about songs. It's about stories. So I use the podcast to tell the stories that don't end up being songs. And I think what follows here, a lot of those songs, Life and Opportunities, I record these anytime I get a little ticked and annoyed with something that goes on. And I have learned that anger is a leadership trait. As long as I respond to it the right way, it's a leadership trait. See, when I get so angry about something and I can't talk about it or pray about it, then I know I'm too angry. If I can sit down and explain what went on, then I know I might be on the way to healing. Maybe you never arrive at healing. Maybe getting on the way to healing is what our goal has to be. But anyway, I use that title to remind myself, yeah, that was something I was probably mad about. Life and Opportunities, Groundhog Day. Oh, Groundhog Day is another one of my code words. You remember the movie, Bill Murray chasing Poxitani Phil. He wakes up every day and it's the same day he goes through. I end up in a lot of situations, man, where I see the same thing happening repeatedly with the same person. And then sometimes even with different people, but same situation. So Groundhog Day is a, it's a, it's a bellwether for me. It's a warning. Hey, uh, you may want to cease contact with this person or remove yourself from this situation because we're about to get there. But anyway, I did an episode or two about Groundhog Day. Fight the good fight. Another one of my cold words. This fight the good fight was about Bishop Eddie L. Long after he passed. And I recounted and hopefully set myself on a path to healing about what I experienced at his church, which is not nearly as bad as what others may have experienced, but it was still bad enough. You should be wounded. Yeah, so anyway, that was my tribute both to Bishop Long and an acknowledgement of the struggle that I know he endured and, and what I learned from his struggle. <laughs> yeah, here's an episode about Harriet Tubman chasing chickens to kind of trick her former owner into not recognizing that she was Harriet Tubman who was in town to free some slaves. Uh, that episode was all about understanding how people underestimate you and making them pay for underestimating you or playing them for underestimating you.
story of Monopoly. Yeah, great inspiration to me that uh, the inventor of Monopoly, Darrow, I always forget his first name, but Darrow was an unemployed heating engineer who invented Monopoly in the dead of winter. And the irony there is never lost on me. It's like you figure if you're a heating engineer, you're going to at least have a job in the winter. So his brother didn't have a job, but he created Monopoly. He didn't invent it out of the clear blue sky. He embraced and extended a landlord-based game concept that he had seen played in a home, I guess, that he had been in. He embraced and extended that concept. Hello, Bill Gates. That's, that's Bill Gates' MO. Let me see what you got. Let me embrace it. Let me make it a little better. Let me make it better than you could have made. It happens. Honor Roll, The Power of Mentors. Yeah, that, that one was about Paul Robeson, man, who was a powerful and complex figure. See, I learned so much from studying these people, from telling these stories, including them in the History Quiz Bowl. All that I am teaching is allowing me to learn twice. And that's pretty cool. The Real Matrix. Yeah, this one's about Sophia Stewart, who wrote a screenplay that was jacked and co-opted into The Matrix and her struggle with getting people to believe that because people only wanted to believe that the Wachowski brothers created The Matrix. Go figure. The Printing Press. Johann Gutenberg. Inventing a machine. Motivated to do so to create the opportunity to print your own copy of the Bible so that you know God's word for yourself. Heavy story. Crossing Paths. This is about me meeting Tim and Daphne Maxwell Reed at the former New Millennium Studios in Petersburg, Virginia, where my wife is from. That was, that was a good story. Thoughts on history. I made this one during Black History Month. That was a good one. And this is a video that I made to explain my small group discipleship approach a couple of years back. So this is maybe the updated version of that video today, but it started a couple of years ago. Where I created a video to try to explain it. Uh, yeah, had fun doing that. All right, as I get ready to close here, there's some things that we need help with to continue moving forward. We use eBay and a store that we've created on eBay selling old things. We use that to finance all of our projects. So one clear way anybody can always help us is by giving us old stuff or giving us leads on how to get old stuff. Now, it's not just any old stuff. As you see listed there, we're partial to laptops, software, calculators. I'll add cameras. That's, uh, that's something that we're very into. Golf clubs, musical instruments, anything that is either perceived to be of value or perceived to be of no value. Let us know if you have access to it and let us check it out. Textbooks. I don't know why textbooks is not listed there, but especially teacher's editions of textbooks. Oh, we can use those. We can use those. Now, another twist on this, 
that we use is we can help you buy what you are looking for through all of the sources that we use to get stuff for our eBay store. This year, we helped uh, one of our clients, if you will, buy a laptop on an eBay market. We wanted a very powerful laptop with specific features, and we were able to find what he needed, and we can do that for others as well. Floppy disks. I make special mention here because most people laugh when you say in the year 2017 that floppy disks are still desirable, but man, go Google it, right? Okay, maybe you won't Google it, but give us your floppies. We can use them. And then there'll be some of you that I'll approach offline and directly to help a more formal fundraising effort that we execute through an organization called Kiva, K-I-V-A, Zip, Z-I-P. We've raised $2,500 there before. The way this works is I make application for this zero interest loan. I have to then identify co-signers. And the way you co-sign here is you're not giving me money. You're going to the Kiva Zip website and you're becoming a member of Kiva Zip and saying, Hey, I'm down with Derek, and I'd put $5 on it. Then $5 would come from me. But what I can't provide is I can't provide your name and your testimony that you believe in what I'm doing. So if you provide that testimony, I provide the 5 bucks. We're trying to raise between five dollars and $10,000 through that vehicle. So I made this video to explain in one place what I'm doing where I am in that process, the fruit that we've generated, and what our needs are to move to the next step. I am having the time of my life doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to fight like crazy to maintain our status quo that allows me to continue because I see the payoff. I've seen residual payoff already. I see bigger payoff down the road, not just financial reward, but if I can leave this earth knowing that I have put forth knowledge and effort to improve and resolve some of the outstanding issues, and especially the more subtle outstanding issues, then my living was not in vain. Neither was your listening today, so I thank you for that, and I, man, I thank you. And uh, I think I'll sign off now. Say Peace.